It's valuable and it cannot be held by physical hands. It's probably worth holding on to. This is Immaterial Treasures. I'm your host, Dan P. Parker. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, hello, listeners, friends, family, everybody. I have a very special guest today. His name is Terrence Penny. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, Terrence. Glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's my first time doing a podcast, so I'm lit right now. What a privilege. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I'm the first Same. one to have you on a podcast. First of many. This, he's, he's ready to go. He's ready mm-hmm. to go. So for most of my listeners that don't really know who you are, could you tell us a bit about yourself? First and foremost, this is interesting because I'm talking to you making dead eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very it's different weird. in I this know. phone culture. So. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And you know what the funny thing is? Like sometimes when I have people on here, like most people will look away when they're talking, but the table is like, I, let me describe Where are you looking it. Away I mean, we're in a room for the <laughs> listeners. We're in a room and there's like um, a pretty much an office desk and he's on the other side of it. And we're just looking, gazing romantically in each other's <laughs> eyes. Um, as we speak, yes, sir. And sometimes that could be really awkward for some people. You know, I'm not like in a corner somewhere where he can look around the room. No. The only thing you can see in here is like a big Chelsea flag behind him. Um, yes, sir. And and a bed, and that's that's it. But hey, it works. It works. Let's do this. It's going to be intimate and real. Yeah. So I do know that you're a rapper. Yes. You know, you're also a believer. Yes. Terrence and I go to the same church. That's where we met. Um, but we have to get to know each other. Yeah. Tell me something about Terrence. Who's Terrence? Where does Terrence come from? Where does he should I give you the Exodus, the Genesis, the Leviticus, or the numbers? Bro? Give us uh give us the Genesis. Okay. And then once you give us a little bit of the Genesis, give us Terrence after Christ. Okay. Um for me, my name is Terrence. I'm twenty four years old. I'm a rapper. I'm also a child and youth worker for the Toronto District School Board. But aside from that, I guess the way how I started is born and raised in the Jane Finch area. Um, came across a lot of uh, violence, uh, came across a lot of friends who had died and whatnot growing up and kind of stressed. There was a lot of like anxiety and anger that kind of festered within me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, also being a victim of domestic violence in my home, um, I definitely ha- was very kind of like troubled uh, growing up and whatnot. And with that happening, like I got uh, kicked out of elementary school at grade two and I was, oh wow yeah i was a bad mama jamma. <laughs> that's corny because i don't even say that i think it's because the podcast i'm being lit right now <laughs> no but um yeah like yeah i got kicked out of grade two um for fighting um i kind of see my hands as you know if i seen you know people beating up people in my household and whatnot to get their way then i seen if i beat up people outside whatever i You'll can get, get my way, way same yeah. way so, you know, th- those frustrations led to a lot of trouble that got me kicked out of school and sent into what you call a Section 23 classroom. And it's like a behavior classroom. Imagine this grade two. I think you're how old are you in grade two, like eight or nine, something like that. No, you're yeah, so I was in the eighth grade. I was in a room in a, in a grade in, in, in the school in a class, actually, a, a class that had like kids who were like in grade seven and grade eight who were like big kids oh, okay. on medi- in medicate with medic like who are medicated and whatnot right, for their right. their issues and i wasn't medicated and whatnot I'm like, why Yo. weren't you medicated did your parents say no so my mom my mom was african she's okay. like there's nothing wrong with my son right and right. she knew I, th- I don't know if she knew but like she knew that i wasn't going i had a lot of domestic violence happening at home right so she knew that that's why i was lashing out right uh so she was kind of it was one of those things it's like my son is not 
he doesn't have a mental health issue. Right. He's holding on to something that I don't right. want to tell it's, you. It's suppressed anger. Yeah. yeah. So, so she, you know, it was one of those situations. And, you know. So what was it? What did they diagnose you with? ADHD? ADD. 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 Yeah. They told me I had. Okay. I don't believe any of that. I just wasn't, wasn't interested in what you had to say to me because whatever you were saying didn't necessarily apply to my situation. Right. So um, with that being said, it became very difficult um, in that classroom and, you know, I'm seeing kids, big kids, like, imagine you're grade two, you're freaking eight years old, nine years old, mm. and you're here with kids who are, like, in 13 and whatnot, or right, you know, right. 11 and whatnot, they're big, so for, for a little kid, you know, and kind of seen as this, like, big problem and whatnot. So the more that I was seen as this big threat and problem, the more I just became that, because that's what they see me as. Right. And um, it became really difficult for the first couple of years. Because I had kind of adopted that behavior. And um, I guess over the years, I kind of seen, you know, I had a lot of um, people. In, I had people in that classroom, uh, like youth workers and teachers really work with me. Mm. So it kind of allowed me to be what you call fully integrated. So although I was in, I had the stigma of a behavior uh, student, mm-hmm. I was fully integrated into a um, a mainstream class. And okay. I wasn't necessarily in that program, but I had the label. So like... Every year, if I was integrated into a new class where they were with other kids, teachers had an issue. They didn't like me because of the fact that he's a behavior problem child. Well, he had a tag on Yeah. You. So like it's like, because I moved to the school that, it, after I got kicked out of school, I moved to like this primarily like Italian and uh, Filipino school. And uh, they're fully integrated. They knew about the behavior classroom. It's like, imagine like the outskirts, that one class that right. nobody goes to. Right. And then there's the rest of the school. Right. So imagine this one person that was making his way from the outskirts into and joining into our school. We yeah. don't want this problem child right. from the freaking hood to yeah. come in, you know, taint us and right. whatnot. So those were a lot of the barriers that I was uh, dealing with while growing up and whatnot. I had a lot of support from youth workers and whatnot, but it, I, you still had that sense of kind of rejection. Right. Also knowing that, like, um, you know, as much as I was reinforced, like, supported in that behavior classroom, academically, uh, they that they didn't they didn't make academics a focus. So a lot of my, um, what's it called? A lot of the um, the work that I was supposed to be doing at my at my grade, mm-hmm. where it was kind of like looked down upon or it was not looked down upon but they didn't take it as serious so it hurt because i remember in grade four doing grade four math and then i remember in grade five doing grade four math and then i went into Mm. grade six and when i got integrated in grade six all I knew was for the past two years, grade four math. And I'm like, what the flip? You, like, what's going on? Yeah, like, you were behind. Oh, you were not, you you couldn't grasp it. I'm like, it's not that I couldn't grasp it. You guys are teaching me the same Nelson math book. Like, I need to, you know, right, if I'm, right. if it's not presented to me, then how will I know? If it's right. not being taught to me in the way that, you know, I have my, um, that way I learn, which is kind of like touching and kind of like uh, uh, being seen as for an example and how will I learn? I'm not an auditory learner like right. that. So things like that and, you know, um, going into high school, but I've, ne- I've never I've never taken French class before because um, in grade two, you, you take like very small amounts right. and it's all I have is from grade two until now. So those little gaps in my education through the systems kind of, you know, kind of made things a little bit difficult. Um, and um, going into like high school, Still having that behavior tag because it follows you all the way to college, right? right. Um, and with that being said, you know how how 
so when you say it follows you all the way to college, in what ways? Like, is it that you yourself have a label that is like an internal label? So you, or you feel like you're behind because you were, you weren't really invested in, in those times. Like you were just talking about doing grade four math in two yeah. years, right? Yeah. So is it, is, or is there like a, through the educational process or the system that there's still teachers or people that still put labels on you? Or does that label something that you kind of adopted for yourself because it was placed on you? So it's not that I adopted the label because I always knew that I felt like I'm like this kind of held me back. Mm-hmm. Um, what you what happens is you're given what you call an individual education plan, which is an IEP, right. and every student who has some sort of uh, disability um, would have this IEP, and it would my IEP would be would 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 label like IEP brackets behavior, right? You know, so in in high school. If someone sees IEP in brackets behavior, right. they're more quick to kind of like say, "Oh, this guy's a problem child. Right, right. I don't have time for this guy." Right. So you're more, pr- you're more they prone. Write you off, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, those things kind of hinder you from like actually making relationships. Imagine you read something about somebody, even though you don't know them, you're already gonna have preconceived. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that can it depends on also the type of person you are. If you're a teacher who you know wants to make an impact with whoever you're working with, then you know you. You, you wouldn't you would look past those labels right but certain people because i'm in the board now in the school system mm-hmm. it stops at that point right so uh, yeah was there any teacher that looked past those labels and treated you like a human what, yeah not even human but <laughs> they human? saw the potential and you're like you know what you're not this label there was a in the behavior class there was a teacher by the name of like um mr we called him mr d and he was the only person that kind of he was very patient with me and you know he he did we did a lot of cool things that i've never done before you mm-hmm. know making go-karts together mm-hmm. he was italian so we played like bocce mm-hmm. you know or you know he was also he was an older he was he's, he's a man so like t- to look up to somebody you know who is a man who is strong who takes care of his family and mm-hmm. you know i remember like over christmas you know he would sometimes like pull up to our houses and just say Merry Christmas. Wow. Yeah. He came to your house. Yeah, he came to my house. Wow, this guy came it. to the hood. This white Italian man came to my wow. house. Yo, Merry Christmas. I'm like, what the flip? You, you know where you at? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came to the that hood. That probably yeah. left a mark on you. Yeah. Oh, I still see him to this day. I still check him and whatnot. Wow. So whenever I can. And yeah. He, um, yeah. He kind of, that, what he, he did. Uh, fueled me enough to go back to school go back um i didn't know what sorry i didn't want in grade 12 i didn't know what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and um he i wanted to be a bus driver i ended up doing a co-op placement back at the same behavior class that i was working in it that was at in, ele- in in elementary school and i worked with him and it kind of motivated me to want to become a youth worker so just a lot of those things okay you know being in that same circle and him still, you know, pursuing, you know, people who were similar to me made me want to, you know, uh, pursue a career in that. Wow. So he kind of like paved the path for you. Yeah. Most the definitely. way he reached out to you mm-hmm. made you want to return that to other people. Yeah. And how have you found your experiences with uh, working with troubled youth? It's and is, that, is that even an appropriate label? Well, Do you think that's an appropriate label? If you got, if you got... If you're troubled by something, you're troubled by it. Right. And it's okay. Everybody's troubled by something. Right. But you and I can agree that everybody's troubled by something. Yeah. So we all really have a label on us. However, this is like the kind of like, like you're talking, the school system gives you this unique label. Yeah. That you're like, you're okay, you're dumb or yeah. you're like special needs. Yeah. Like, 
Like, is there any way we could do it better? Do you think there's a way we can do it better? And how are you pursuing that right so now? So for me, job? my perspective is just that everybody has an issue. And I think that if you, everyone has issues, but everyone pretends like they don't. Right. So like if people were to be more, I'm not saying you got to divulge your more, more information to your client, but like if people can see the more humanistic part of you mm. and understand that, you know, you go through things also right. then they can say, all right, if this person can, then I can too. Right. It's not about necessarily, you know, creating a label and saying that's that type of person. No, you're that type of person in a different capacity also. Excellent. That's, that's a good more point. my, yeah. Yeah. So what, how are you experiencing that now with uh, the kids you're working with? Bro, I work with like, I work with a lot of kids and kind of being on the different on the other side of things is 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 a little trippy because a lot of the kids I work with have a lot of like developmental delays so it's a bit different than me working in a behavior classroom right um but in terms of how I've seen certain people teachers or whatever work with kids and whatnot it's sticky man I've seen some people like I I be in the staff room and people will say oh like I'm so dumb. I have an IEP. Ha 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 ha. Like you know, mm. and they're saying that in my face. I'm like, holy smokes! I have a. I had an IEP, mm. and this is the like this is the type of you know. Or I've seen like teachers, you know, who like made mistakes on kids' report cards, and because they've handed in the report card to the principal, um, they don't care. They said, "Well, it's the principal's fault." The tutor is emailing me saying there's mistakes on the report cards, but I'm not gonna reply to him. Like that type of stuff I've seen systematically, wow. bro. Wow. Yes. It's careless. Bro, bro. And then I also have worked, I've heard of like, you know, situations with like, you know, there's kids who, you know, who are very entitled because of the fact that their parents are big funders of something. Mm. So their parents may give a lot of money or may have a lot of leverage in the board. Mm -hmm. So their kids are highlighted more than all the other kids. Right. It's And it's, and so it's not political. deserved. No, 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 not at all. They do whatever they want, some of them. And when you say highlighted, does that affect their grades as well? Bro, it, it yeah, 100%. Because if you have a relationship with the superintendent where you guys are at the same freaking country club or whatever. Right. And your kid goes to the school and you have seniority in the school and you're not specifically at that school or whatever. If someone is not, if your kid is, you know being challenged or he's not uh listening to what that authority is mm -hmm. they shut up the authority so the kid has this type of like yo i do whatever i right. want you know or or other kids are not necessarily getting the support that they need in that setting mm -hmm. so you know not to be political and whatnot but with the budget oh, cuts fine. it doesn't help too so right. yeah and okay so when you when you say with the budget cuts it doesn't help in what way does it not help in the sense of like yo i'm in class i'm in a class now and like you know there'll be a class right now it's even if everyone learns so differently and we're supposed to be institution where we're supposed to provide learning it's already hard to do that in, in an in an auditory like um manner you know, school systems are kind of taken from like a very like Anglo-Saxon type of style where, right. you know, one person sits, stands in front of a bunch of people. That type of style of learning comes from like uh, Greek, uh, uh, Greeks kind of sitting around one man listening or like mm. Roman emperors speaking to a crowd of people where in a lot of like um, uh, other cultures, say like, you know, African cultures, we tend to sit around each other and it's a circle and everybody's kind of like, you know, giving and adding to the situation mm. to make something as they learn together. So those type of like um, um, ideologies and mindsets are somewhat being hindered. Um, and with putting 50 kids in school and whatnot, 
it doesn't necessarily help right. to have those other people supported because maybe in those 50, you know, 10 people may be really good at, you know, doing work audit, like who are like auditory learners that right. can pick up just by hearing it. Mm-hmm. And they may be super smart and just, you know, doing tests and whatnot. But when it comes to practicality, there's zero sense. Right. In which I've met people who are very smart, like book smart, but they have zero, right. zero, zero, very, zero yeah, sense. I've seen that too. And no, like, you know, understanding of certain things. And certain people are not book smart, but have the most most street smarts and kind of are savvy with kind of understanding things when they're shown. So, right. Right. Yeah. I heard a quote once uh, a man said that C students rule the world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, uh, that was really interesting to me. Um, I know. I think you have a a point when you talk about the education system. We need to think it through, especially for uh, we may be looking, we may be dealing with a genius, but yet, We've labeled him as a behavior child. He will never he, see himself he, as a genius right, after that. Because we've labeled him that yeah. as such. And um, that's really interesting. Um, really cool to think about. Um, so in what ways do you think you can um, change that? You got me talking about the school board. I hope I don't get fired. You won't. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. You're going to hire me here. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. we'll, we'll take care. <laughs> uh, one thing, um, you know, well, this whole duck court situation and those cuts, it really hurts. But um, I think that yeah, I would say people kind of understanding that you know the the education of these of these young people are not to be toyed with, mm-hmm. and it really works at their self esteem. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say everybody in the school board is perfect, so I understand why you know Doug Ford may be like, or some people are really like mooching off the system here. Right, right. I get that 100 percent right. because I see it too. Yeah, you know, uh, or or with other students who are not necessarily thriving in that setting so right. you know it, it goes both ways i've seen you know teachers oh yeah you know like i'm doing whatever i want i don't mm-hmm. care about these students and whatnot you know so i guess it's just more of a process of you know looking at that perspective because even like a lot of the kids a lot of the people who are even like in a lot of these um progressive sorry a lot of these uh, um conservative environments they don't tend to go to public schools they tend to be in private, private schools right. so they don't have a lot of these relations or work in the public sectors because mm-hmm. i mean work, are in public sectors so they don't have that understanding there's a big divide in that section mm-hmm. in that section so right how can you understand something or try to support something that you've never been a part of sure Sure. You, you, yeah. So sure. That's really interesting. Um, I think through all of uh, what you've said so far, I've been really marked by the Italian man that made an impact on your mm-hmm. life. Um, and Mr. D, Mr. D, and growing up in the Jane and Finch area and whatnot, you've probably been raised in predominantly black, yeah, um, communities and yeah. whatnot. Now, did you ever find that, like through the education process, that there was you were treated a certain way based on your race? Like, was it a race issue for you? Or um, did you feel that maybe it wasn't really outright clear? So for me, I, I depend, like, I went, I was in a school with a bunch of other black kids in my neighborhood. Okay. I got expelled from that school and I was put in a school with a bunch of Filipinos and Italians. And, a lot of people just assumed that I was like a gangster, right? Or I was a ruffian, or I was like this criminal. So I was treated like a criminal, right? For some time, and a lot of the kids in that behavior classroom were treated like criminals. When I came out of that behavior classroom, they looked at me like, "Yo," the kids looked at me like, "Yo, what's he gonna do? Don't mess with that guy. Don't mess." Right. I said, "Nah, what do you like? 
you know? So at some point, like, I leveraged it. I thought I was leveraging it when someone got me mad, but not knowing that I was succumbing to something that they already seen me as. Right, right. So That's sometimes I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, I'm getting, yeah, you're getting me mad. I'm annoyed. So I just, I leveraged it. Oh, I'm a behavior kid. Right. But then they look at me like, yeah, we know. Like you're, right. you know, teachers would do that. Mm. Students would do that. So I'm like, you know, some, it hits me now thinking about it. Then mm-hmm. it did, it, it, I didn't understand that process at that time, you know? So, but seeing it over time, seeing it now, is kind of like, yeah, you, you, it never really helped that kind yeah. of, that, that setting and whatnot. So, man, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and I mean, I look at you and I don't, I think even the first time I saw, it, I never saw a gangster. So big teddy bear. Right. <laughs> bro, I'm not trying to be a teddy bear, bro. I just <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> bro, I lost the day. You know, know that food. I'm trying to burn the calories, bro. I no, no. <laughs> not in that way. Like, I mean, it's your the sweater, heart. bro. It's, it's your heart. It's your heart. It's not your exterior. Uh, man. You know? um, but no, no, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that's a good point. I think we, we can definitely uh, perpetuate le- um, stereotypes and labels that's placed on us. And it's, it's important to be self-aware. And to yeah. break those and shatter those stereotypes. Now, with regards to your music, yes, where did where did that come? Did did music arise out of um, maybe some of the things you were going through at home? Um, for me, it it, it didn't necessarily start like that. Mm-hmm. I, the way I started making music originally was I started going to this church that was very like controlling and legalistic. Mm, okay. Um, and what happened, ironically enough. Uh, what happened was when I I became a Christian there, and basically they. So how did you become a Christian? Who preached the gospel to you? Ooh, the and questions. Yeah, I need to know that Bro. story first. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how did that happen. Okay, you gotta get you, this guy didn't give me no sound effects, bro. What the sound effects at? Oh, you want you want the clapping? Uh, hey, we're gonna laugh at that. Lit. <laughs> so with that being said, the way how I became a Christian was you know when I was in grade not grade ten, um, and I was in high school, um, I started to get. So I was part of the basketball team, and I was looking for an identity in the basketball team. I started doing a lot, going to a lot of parties. So I looked for identity in being that party person. Mm-hmm. I started to, you know, my friends started to bring guns to parties. And, you know, we used to rep our neighborhood. Like, I'm from the north side of Jane. I'm from Jane and Shore. I was popping. You know, and I tried to find an identity in that. And every time I tried to find an identity in something, I just felt more and more broken. Right. Now I go to these parties, and, you know, my friends are, I would be the person that lines up these parties to go on Facebook, look at all the events. Okay, this is the party we're going to, a slit. doesn't matter where it is, we're going. And, you know, I'd get everyone to get to go to that party. And then while everyone's at that party, I'm outside catching air thinking about what am I doing with my life? Mm. You know, and I'm just like, what's the purpose of that? Right. And, or, or, or like, not to say, I'm, I don't have an issue with parties, but I just was very empty it was inside. Empty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and it. I just yeah. was wondering, is there more to what I'm doing or, or like who I am? I don't know who I am. You know, right. I, I always kind of felt like I was a leader and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So, you know, sometimes I go to these parties and I go home and I'll just kind of like think if I was to like, I'm sleeping in my bed and I'll be nervous. Like, yo, if I was to die right now, like where would I spend my eternity and whatnot? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and stuff like that. Because at the same time, like when I was younger, I used to go to like basketball camps. And there's a guy I knew by the, that that we both know, mm-hmm. you know. Shout out to Hood over there, yeah, yeah. John, John Hood, John Hood, John Hood. You shout know? out to the real dis- name, the disciple making man. So he, you know, the back him and some other guys um, had a basketball camp, and they gave out like Bibles. It's called Revolution Basketball Camp. Mm. And when I was younger, like I took one of those Bibles. It was a basketball Bible with like Christians who were basketball players in there in the okay. NBA. So like I had that Bible for years. So after you know going into high school, right. and so when I was in high school, you know, and I was going to parties, like after. I come home in the middle and I read like a scripture 
And then I'll just say like, oh God, if I die right now, you know, my heart stops. Like, yo, let me be with you or whatever. Right. You know, and you know, I felt like the God, like God was really doing a work in my heart, and I didn't know what to do with it at that time. Um, and with that being said, um, I remember vividly like one day I was in grade ten and I was going to go to another party, and basically I needed to get a haircut, so I went to the Jane Finch Mall about to get a haircut, look nice and fresh, you know. And there was a dude that was in that mall, and he was like young, like me, and he was walking directly to me. And I'm like, bruh, like I, like I knew he looked like he was giving pamphlets out to people. So I'm like, this guy a Jehovah Witness. I don't got time for this. So I tried mm-hmm. to make a, you know, I tried to slap my, make a, a hard right, but he was coming my right. So I'm like, oh man, let me see what's going on with dude. Like, what does he want? So he comes up to me, hey, how you doing? Say my name is X, so and so, so on and so forth. Um, I'm like dope Like what do you want mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like yo Can I give you a flyer to church Like can I ask you a question If you were to die today Where would you spend your eternity I was with my cousin at the time And I was just like Yeah I don't know And he asked me Have I ever lied Have I ever cheated Have I ever stealed I'm like yes I've done that And then some I've done many things mm-hmm. And he's like He told me you know and Like basically You know My my um, uh, If you lie You know Liars will have their part In Lake of Fire Or like you know, uh, cheating and basically, I'm going to hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in a in a handbasket. And I said, okay, like I I I'm a stand. I'm a sinner. It's like then he told me the good news of Jesus Christ dying for my sin, and if I believed him and believed in him and repented to him, then I would uh, have everlasting life in him. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did what you call, I guess, quote unquote, a sinner's prayer. Right. In that mall, and you know, um, the gospel had never been so clear to me in that in that moment. Um, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not here to say that was like some defining moment and the stars open. I just said a prayer with a dude in the mall, right. and you know, I went home instead of going to that party, and I went to read the Bible, and you know, I felt like it just became more alive to me in that setting, mm. and something was being birthed in my heart. I also listened to a song by a guy named Lecrae. It was called uh, "Don't Waste Your Life." John uh, Hood, iron, ironically, introduced me to. A, he gave me like a Christian CD, so there's a whole bunch of songs. A song called "Take Me As I Am." Right. You know, by yeah. him too. I remember Old the hook. school Lecrae. Yes. So I was younger, you know, I think how's the hook could take me as I am. I know the way I'm living is wrong, but I can stand on my own trying to do this alone. Something like that. Yeah. How could you love me when my life's so ugly? Yeah. But you came here and you died for me. Like that was so stuff like that was starting to resonate with me and yeah. I was starting to see like, you know, you know, don't waste your life, that song too. Those things started to make me, you know, kind of think so i'll show my friends like these songs they weren't christians but now i'm like yo do you not listen to what this guy's saying like yeah let's put on put on some french montana bro it's okay we don't yeah. need to you know i don't really care yeah. but you know it started it became very lively to me and right. uh, i was very interested in you know in 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 in, in, in that form because he spoke like me and he, and he talked like me and he dressed like me a lot of these people who were making this music and i kind of gravitated towards that right um because it was a lot of representation and uh, who loved the lord Right. So it wasn't the representation that made me become a Christian. The Lord did, but the representation helped it me helped. understand, you know, that yeah. someone could be a Christian yeah. and look like that. Yeah. Right. It w- representation didn't save me of my right. sins. So, right. yeah, you know. Which is a good point to make, a yeah. good distinction to make. So. But it was helpful because you see that God can save anybody. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's important to know. Yeah. Um, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so to walk us through um, how the music. The music, Yeah. The music, The way I became a trap star. This joke, guys. Um, the way how I got introduced to music was in that church. Um, basically, what happened was, man, it was sticky, actually. They, the, the church that I got invited to from that guy in the mall, um, there was like 30 people in the church on a good day. Very small in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to really attract like youth. 
in the community? So like if you're in, you know, a primarily black community, how do you attract people in that community? With urban music, right, hip hop, yeah. stuff like that. So you, they're like, "Yo, like anybody raps in here, we can make songs in a concert." And I didn't rap or anything like that. So this one guy who used to who 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 was rapping and he became a believer. He stopped. He started. He, and he started to rap again. He he's like, "I do." And it's like, "I'll teach you." So he taught me how to rap, and then we made a group called like Born Again Music. Bam, like you know, like if you saw these those comic books, like you punch something and it goes bam, like, right, right, yeah. Right. So we, that was our logo. Right. You know, we probably would have got sued by some comic, you know, Marvel or something like that for that type of. Anyway, so we did that, and um, you know, we started to perform in the church a lot, and um, that's mainly where we where we performed. And then like I started to get into a lot of. I was very rebellious in the church. So and they didn't like me, so I'd be. So be by like, rebellious, you mean what were you rebelling against? So a lot of the things that would happen was like for a long time, um, there are certain I questioned certain things, okay. or like if people would, uh, people would 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 be thinking something, or they'd be telling me something in secret, and I would say it openly, and then when I said it, like um, the everyone would get like mad that I said it. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize what I was saying at the time, but uh, I'm like, but dude, you just told me this was happening X Y Z, and you know, so if you're not, you're not, you're not trying to, you're saying this in the quiet, like say this here for everybody to kind of right. hear it, and you know. So, so when you say think people are saying things in the secret, and then you were saying in public, what do you mean, like about so the like, church? No, or? about the church or about the issues that they had or whatnot, and mm-hmm. like what happened was like I was like the scapegoat. So like if you said something. And it was like something that was that avoided you that was got you mad about someone mm-hmm. or not. And and I said it basically. You fed it to me, and after I would say it, like I would take the the blow for you. Right. So I'm like, hold on, like this is not like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So a part of me was not really understanding and, and being young, and just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this guy basically used me to. Uh, you know, get his part out so that and 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 see what happened in that setting. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that. A lot of that happened, um, and <clears throat> I, at that point, became kind of been seen as a rebel. And the pastor was like, "Oh, like your music is not anointed of God and whatnot." So I said, "All right, say less. Then I won't do my music here." I continued to start writing. The people in in in, in Bam, the group, mm-hmm. uh, were making more perform, doing more performances in the church and whatnot. And I was not a part of those things. And people would, I'd be, there would be concerts and like people would be like, yo, where is this guy? Why is he performing if he's so much a part of this? And, you know, um, I just wasn't able to because of those constrictions. So I ended up making a project and locally it did got a lot of buzz in the community. So it's like how, now you have this dude who made a lot of buzz in the community mm-hmm. with this project. He said his music is not anointed, so he doesn't want to perform in your church. Right. And now People are wanting to, you know, come around and whatnot. He made these shirts called Bam, and the whole church is wearing his shirts now. That's just that type of person I was. I've always been, like, very, like, entrepreneurial. So, like, right. I make merch, and the whole church will wear the shirt I made at the concerts. But, like, I wouldn't perform. Yeah, so right. everyone's like, yo, what's going on? Why isn't he performing? But everyone's wearing the merch and whatnot. So a yeah. lot of, like, you know, the people in his core, like his disciples or whatever, there was no headship in the church. It was just him and that, and that and, and the church, and everything fell through him. Um, uh, no elders or anything like that to kind of steer him and whatnot or to, for, to have even un, to have more kind of, like, of an included conversation or whatnot. If he said right. something, it, it went. Yeah, he was the last. It was, yeah. He was God in, the, yeah. in that place. Anyway, so, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of those things started to become more of an issue there uh, at that at that church. And 
um, basically there was a big blow up, uh, a rollout, and that I left very depressed because I'd been there for five years. But at that point, I felt like God had really used me to necessarily like start talking uh, more real with people because when I was at that church, I would just go around to people and throughout the whole finch and start preaching to them. You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Have you done this? Have you done that? I haven't been able to really like have real conversations with people unless I was trying to bring them to church. So they never felt like I was thorough in that setting. But when after I left that place, you know, I came to the realization, you know, I don't know like all what's going on, but Jesus, I'm still going to trust you. And in those, com- I had a lot of those conversations with people who are not Christians and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of them started to gravitate towards me and whatnot. A lot of people started to ask, like, yo, where did you come from? Where are you at? I'm like, bro, for five years, I've been in the hood, bro. I've been over here. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, because I was still, that that church said, oh, you don't talk to your, fa- your, your family. Like, your ch- our, our church is your family now. Right. Your friends are of the devil. Don't talk to your friends no more. Right. You know, our world is very, very like, borderline cultic and whatnot. So I wouldn't call it a cult, but it's borderline, like very close. But um, basically, um, I hope you're not bored, bro. No, no, I'm listening. I'm engaged. You look I'm, like you're closing your no, eyes, bro. I mean, Somebody, I'm can, you, can you make a water sound like? <laughs> 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 I'm afraid. No, no, I'm engaged because as you're talking, I've been to, through this exact same experiences in my own life, yeah. where I I was in LA and I felt those. Your story is very similar to some of the circles I've been in. Where there's like a figure whose word is it. Yeah. You follow him, right? And then Massa. There's yeah, and then there's like this um this Christian bubble that's created around you. Yeah. Everybody else that's not in that bubble is a threat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It was bad because and after so anyways, after that, like uh, I left that place. Everybody there were um a lot of people like I, I started to make more music about the pain that I was going through and mm. people started to gravitate towards me. So you, you were being real. Yeah, music. I was exactly. I was yeah. saying, guys, I don't know what's going on with my life. I don't know. I'm in debt. Right. You know, I don't have a job. I'm trusting in Jesus. Some days I don't want to trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Some days I do. I sin just like you. Mm-hmm. And the sky is blue in my life. But, you know, I know God will change the situation. Mm-hmm. I believe he's going to see me through this. And, you know, people were saying, you know what? I have days like this too. This guy's a human. And... I was starting to get booked to speak and perform at a lot of events with this new type of music I was making. Before, I was making very christian knees, like, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Right. For the Bible tells me so. Yeah. Woo, woo. You know, yeah, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, but then it's they... like pie in the sky. Your head's yeah, in the sky. yeah, that type of just fluff, fluffy, you know, fluff, like, fl- it was very fluffy and there was no deep uh, meaning in it. And if there was a deep meaning in it, mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I was saying it, but it didn't, it never resonated with me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff was out kicked to the curb and whatnot. And a lot of people in the community and churches were inviting me to come and perform and whatnot. And they asked where he came from. I gave my story about where I came from and whatnot. And, you know, that same church that thought like, holy smokes, like we threw this guy to the, to the, to the ground. Like, cause that's what a lot of people that backslid from that mm-hmm. place were called. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still around, and we're hearing of him, you know. So a year later, I had a show with, like, 300 people there. And I just, and what happened was the pastors want, the pastor of the old church wanted to meet up with me. And, you know, me and John, ironically enough, we met up, because John was mentoring me and kind of, and it was holding, it was supporting me in that very difficult time. Mm-hmm. Because I went through a lot of, like, turmoil and depression. And he was mentoring me in that time, and... 
um, they had that same pastor who was like, he kind of had that, um, you know, you when you watch The Wizard of Oz and like, you know, the big bad, what's that thing that screen, the guy, yeah, the yeah. wizard, the yeah, wizard, yeah. everyone's like, holy smokes, that's the wizard. Yeah. And then behind closed doors, the wizard's really not popping like yeah, that. Yeah. That was how I seen the pastor because I finally like realized, you know, even theologically, there's a lot of things that were very off. And now that I came back flourishing and learning and whatnot, I came asking questions and, you know, wanting to have conversations with him. I'm like, yo, bro, you, you, you're not the big bad wizard with the with the IMAX theater behind you like right, that, right, you, you right. know. And so, with that being said, like, that made me always want to continuously make music from a a uh, a very um, honest place, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 be real with people, like, mm-hmm. pretty much. That's excellent. Um, I'm gonna ask you further questions, but what, as you're talking about, you wanted to make music from a real place. Um, I want to ask you this: as a Christian artist, do you actually take that label? Um, to me, for me, I am a Christian. Okay, I am an artist. I just want to make sure because I, I it's there's a lot of nuanced conversation. You hear what about I said? That. Yeah, you're a Christian. That's an artist. I am. I didn't say that. I said I am a Christian. You're a Christian. I am an artist. You're an artist. So I'm, I don't care. No, no, I'm not. I don't. If you want to call me a Christian artist, I don't care. If you don't want sure. to call me a Christian artist, I don't care. Okay. It doesn't change my. Okay, good. I just yeah. wanted to specify before I move move forward with that because some people want to be specific. I'm very about aware. That. Um, but what I'm asking is, you you want to make music from an honest place. Now I want to ask. How is your music a threat to the kingdom of darkness? Wow. Can you give me a sound effect there? Uh, what, what do you want? Something yeah, triumphant. Thing. We need... Oh, wow. This is like on the, 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 the Oscars. Yes, yes. Yeah. So do the clapping. Wow. Now give me a profound answer. Okay, sir. <laughs> so I would say that my music would be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. It's because it shows a bare and vulnerable man who trusts in Jesus regardless of whatever society tells him to kind of mm-hmm. believe in. I, I, um, a lot of my, you know, being in the social world and being a youth worker, there's a lot of very hard left teachings that, you know, are deter you and whatnot. But then sometimes being, you know, uh, in a church that someone may have conservative values or whatnot, it can make you somewhat f- drift from like, you know, other people's issues and whatnot. So, like, for me, it, it kind of, for me, I would say that, you know, kind of having that blend of both and letting people know that Jesus is king. And, and you'll hear about, you know, him in my life and who what he and who he is, right. not just what he does. Right. Because for a long time, I just spoke about, like, what he does. you know, Jesus did this for me. Jesus did that for me. You know, like, right. yeah, and that doesn't, what did he, you know, Jesus died for my sins and, I, and, and I'm, I'm a brand new man because of that so i celebrate him through that with my music and i believe that the kingdom of darkness shakes over that and even as you described that you used to rap about what jesus does which is not a bad thing yeah I mean, he's always doing things for us but then you switch to who he is right yeah. do you think that's like a switch of maturity yeah for yeah. a long because even not for a long time like for me like when i first started doing a lot of the shows and whatnot i rapped about like you know uh coming out of the hood and Jesus taking me out the hood. Mm. Then I rapped about a lot of social justice issues and Jesus saving me from the, the hood and social justice issues in my community and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I rapped about, you know, being a youth worker and Jesus seeing me through and getting me this job as a youth worker. Then I just made a song about graduating college and Jesus getting me out of college. But I'm like, Jesus is not just getting me out of things, you know. Jesus died for my sins and, you know, he is my Lord now. And mm-hmm. it's not about... He, if he's taking me in or getting me out, it's, I'm in regardless of that. Uh, for me, it's, I think it's just more the understanding of knowing that, you know, I'm loved 
regardless of, of 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 the accolades that I have or whatever I've been able to attain and whatnot. And it's not none of these things matter, right? Because they'll go away and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is, is is sufficient, you know, to me, regardless of that. When you come from, you know, I guess from like low income communities and whatnot, you tend to have this thought like, you know, you know, Jesus is the way out with education. You know, yes. so right. for a long time, I'm like, yes, Jesus was my way out, with, right. and this is how he did it for me. And you know, if I never had any of these things, would Jesus still be my way out? Right. You know, right. is Jesus still Jesus to me? So right. now I'm over time. I'm I'm still learning and coming to this better understanding of that for myself, right? Uh, personally and whatnot. And my music is has been changing and transforming. It's been more potent and whatnot in that setting, and I've been more appreciative of that. So some there'll be songs where you'll hear that, and there'll be songs where you just hear my right. everyday life. Right. And but my everyday life is is God centered and whatnot. So wherever you hear it is where you hear it. I'm not forcing him in. I'm not forcing him out. Right. That's so. good. Um. So walk us through this song, um, Freedom. You can be free. be free. You don't gotta be a slave to the streets. Uh, or a slave to them books. To them just books. to get a desk job. Working for these crooks. Yeah. I feel like it's the matrix. Like it's the matrix. And only God can change and this. Can change uh, this. In North America, we scream that we're free. Yeah. We're new age slaves and our souls in dire need. I'm the one that breaks chains yeah. and the one that changed me. Yeah. He's the only one that yeah. gives you what yeah. you need. That's yeah. freedom. Okay, freedom, 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 freedom. What is? Uh, let me ask this. What is freedom? I mean, we 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 live in a culture where everybody wants to be autonomous. Yes, we want to control. We want to be kingdoms of our own. You know, our own tiny little island that we live on. You know, we want to be kings and queens. I have a big island. <laughs> everybody thinks they do, <laughs> and um, and freedom is constantly being tossed at us. Like yes. you know, be free, do what you want to do. So this song that you you made is profound and. I really I vibe with it. I think I thought it was really good. Thank it's, you, man. it's it's from from a go a long time ago, right? I I put that song in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a brilliant song. So I want to know what is true freedom. Um, I think that freedom is in Christ. Um, I think freedom is a very cliche question answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, safe, yeah. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very safe. safe. That was I want safe, you to expound guys. on that. <laughs> what does it mean so, to be free? I think free to me is also free in in knowing that like. I I am not free is being be, being able to make a choice within the the parameters that you're given. So just because I have certain things that I can do, I choose not to do because of what the with the the penalties that will occur to that and having that knowledge of that. Mm-hmm. So if I choose or choose not to, then that's kind of like on me. But it can't necessarily be on you because it's based off as much as you know. So you're not necessarily as free as you think you are. Right, right. You're free to what you know, but you don't know everything. So you're not as free as you think you are. Mm, you know? Okay, that's a good point. So can I get like something? A yeah, song? let's get let's get a. We'll give yes, a that yeah, was we'll lit. That's like the goal. You see yeah, that? We'll that was beautiful. We'll applause on that. It reminds me of a good quote. Actually, I heard. Um, they say the one guy said, "Discipline doesn't take away your freedom; it gives it to you." Yes, sir. I believe that one hundred percent. Yeah. You know. For me, like I'm in the gym now, and you, I lost 26 pounds, so I need another clap off. Yeah, let's give yes, you that. Yes, thank you. That. So, new year, new me. Everyone says, you know, oh, you're free. You know, like I'm free to eat and to do whatever I want. And this is, and and I get it. But like, you know, when you, for me, if I'm eating a lot of food and I'm and I'm I'm free to do so, I'm not free to go sprint down the street because my lungs will tell me I'm not able to. Right. Until right. I give it that devotion it needs. 
for it for it to get to that place yeah, you know point. so Excellent. with that being said you know freedom is 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 basic it, it is is what to me i think it's based off kind of what you know and and how much you divulge in it so if i'm looking to you know uh the word of god yes <laughs> preach, preach and out. learning about you know who he is and 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 through his context through his word and and through the, the um, people in in the bible and what they've done and whatnot then i can see just the freedom that he's given to them. But a lot of people think because of the fact that they're doing so much things on their own or whatnot, that they're necessarily kind of like living in this complete, like, you know, utopia of certain things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. True. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. No, I get what you, yeah. I get what you mean. And that's a good point um, that you've just made. Uh, so what do, what should we expect from your new music? Uh, my new music. Or your new projects. What, what's yes. what's the new, what's Terrence bringing so to, I just a, to released, the world? I just released a beautiful song today. What's the date today? January 10th. January 2020. 10th, 2020. So um, for me, what you can expect from a lot of my music coming out this year is, you know, I released a, an album called Vulnerability that was very like, um, it was like an espresso shot. It was very, what's the word? Is it potent? I think it's potent. It's an acquired taste. No, it's not it's acquired not, taste. Because espresso is an acquired taste no, for me. It's I would like, never see, drink that. No, but... <laughs> People don't drink it for the taste. They drink it for what it does. I right? I get nervous with that stuff. So yeah. that stuff gets you really jittery, yeah. and it gets you through your day. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. the Italians, they be drinking that espresso in the morning, and then they go. Like, yeah. that's just... Fair enough. So with that being said, like, it's very potent, and there's a it's very, like, strong. Mm -hmm. So the pro last album I made called Vulnerability was a lot of strong subjects that I was dealing with. Okay. And I, I, I appreciate that. But not every day I'm talking super deep on something. So, right. like, sometimes I just want to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, you will hear in some of this music that's celebratory and just pretty chill. Because I'm not just always speaking about serious things. So, with that being said, you know, you're going to hear me just having, you know, a good time and just kind of you, uh, uh, hearing a vibe in my music. Um, yeah. So, don't judge me by my, uh, what's it called? By my one album. Right. But listen to my discography because I need the streams, sure. my brother. Sure, sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No one's judgy. Yeah. So, moving on, um, I wanted to talk to you about, just get your thoughts on Kanye. Okay. And how should Christians deal with the whole Kanye situation? I know it's been something that's been talked about various times, so we don't have to spend a lot of time. I just wanted to get your view. How should we respond to that? Um, support him until otherwise. Until otherwise. Yeah. When you were a Christian, did someone say, well, how, what should we do about Danfi? Fair enough. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, regardless of I mean, of people whatever, are probably still asking that. What should we do right, about what should we, No, seriously. What are we, what are we, should we do with Terrence? Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, I think that life, you know, the people did, you know, when Paul became a believer, you know, people were scared when he became a believer mm -hmm. and they didn't know what to do with him. But, you know, over t over time, like, he was, you know, people kind of understood that, you know, they saw Jesus mm -hmm. in his life and it, it, it proved to be something. So with mm -hmm. that being said, it's like, I don't I don't have anything to say. I'm happy for Kanye West. Mm -hmm. His last project is dope. So right. um, for me, it just be more of the perspective of just, like, supporting him in his relationship with Christ and, you know, praying for him. Do you think we have um, the church 
because of some people's excitement, do you think people have uh, prematurely put him in like leadership too quickly? Um, the thing is, you see, somebody said there's this this artist, some non-Christian artist, became a believer way before Kanye West did, and he became when he became a believer, the Christian world went crazy and they celebrated him, which is cool to celebrate, but they put him in like a million things, and he's like the Christian industry is no different than the music industry, which is very very true. Right. Um. I think that it's cool that he performs or whatnot, and you know he's he's celebrating that 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 energy and whatnot, and it's something to encourage. And yeah, just I think that you know for him to necessarily have someone who's who can disciple him or kind of like help stir him in a in a in a direction where he <clears throat> is not just like celebrating, celebrating, celebrating. There's nothing there, but like mm-hmm. he can be more much more deeper in his faith or if he's not or if he is i don't know what's going on behind closed door with him right i'm just working on my own situation as a True. believer you know what i'm Fair saying enough, yeah. you know so with that being said said you know i need even myself to be discipled and to be to 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 cling to believers so mm-hmm. if i need that why wouldn't he it's right. the same thing How much more, yeah, yeah, yeah it's the same thing i think it's it's interesting that the church we get and it's not wrong. I mean, it's natural for us to be excited about, you know, someone who is was blatantly God hating to now want yeah. to be wanting to serve God, right? Um, one of the things I heard from a preacher, he said, the thing that's wrong with uh, the Christian world when we respond in such ways to a celebrity or somebody becoming a Christian is that sometimes we we want those people to legitimize our faith. Be like, oh, what I'm believing is right. You like know? it's popular. Like exactly. It's cool. Like yeah. oh, if God could save this person, then God is glorious. Yeah, you were talking. Whereas about like, more. whereas like, God is glorious without Kanye. Yeah, actually, you know, like he's actually more yeah. beautiful than any other celebrity yeah. becoming a, a follower. Just of say Jesus. you were a fan of him before. It, exactly. You know, for me, like for personally, for me, the reason why Kanye, I was excited about it, is because when I was in high school, believe it or not, when Kanye came out. He saved me, man. Like he God saved showed me the way because <laughs> Danfy trying to break me down. Let me tell you why he saved me. I grew up in Virginia, and I went to a high school where everybody was preppy. I mean, preppy. And I was one of those black Virginia kids that was preppy. Clips. Yes, clips. And, I have a uh, song with no malice, actually. Yeah, like they were, they're from Virginia, right? So yeah, yeah. it was either like you... Like South. you were preppy, you were you were a skater, you were a gangster, and there was no room for black dudes to be preppy. So there was a small group of us. The pink polo came out. The pink Danvik pulled over the pink polo. Kanye came out, and this brother was rapping, and he was all through hip hop yes, through sir. and through, right? But he was preppy. He was preppy, yeah. like yeah. real preppy. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, this is my dude!" Yeah. Like <laughs> the Carlton was lit. Everybody's gonna be okay with yeah, me dressing yeah. like this now, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. I was already dressing yeah. like that. So when he came out, and I liked his music, I thought his music was dope when he first came out. Um, but I didn't really follow his career. Uh, but having seen that he's, you know, come style, to the faith, yeah. it's just like it was. It was heartwarming, and I was excited for it, and I still am. Yeah. Um, I'm just praying that he will continue because yes. chance the rapper also. Yeah, and and this is another thing. This is my last question for you. Uh, it's leading to this. For Kanye to persist, I think people need to know that Jesus is not a cool thing. Maybe you might disagree with it. By this, by what I mean by this, I just want I want to clarify because I see I see like your your mind's going places. Jesus is not a brand. 
And Kanye is one of the most brilliant entrepreneurs. He's a brand in himself. Easy made $3.3 billion. He's a brand in himself, right? And so what I worry about with him is that because he's a brand, now he's a Christian, there's this dicey place he's in now where Jesus can now become a brand for him. For him? No, for him it could be, or people that are following him can treat Jesus as a brand. But the the nature of who Jesus is that he's not a brand. It's not cool to follow Jesus. Do you see him like saying? Like you can purchase him? Yeah, like it, it's almost like a, it's like even like attire, you know, like yeah. he's making nice attire, which I would wear. I think it's dope. Yeah. But there's people who are wearing that that aren't necessary Christians, yeah. right? So then you get you fall into this place where some people may may wear Jesus and but, not have Jesus. But people were doing but people were doing that from like Peter like the Acts of Apostles time. And you know what? I and, yeah, and it won't change. It, it, it won't change, but that's what I'm saying like he needs to be wary of that, right? And even for an like even for us in our own lives, yeah. right? How are, are we marketing Jesus or are we actually portraying to the world mm-hmm. that I'm in a relationship with a real living yeah. savior? You know what I mean? Because not everyone will like you for that. Not but not everybody would like you for that, right? And my question is like how can you be a sincere Christian rapper, hip hop artist without making coolness the main thing, but keeping Christ the the, the center? I think that life. I think that um, whew, what a question! Can I get another yeah, sound, yeah, please? Let's, get, let's see, let's see what you got. Let's man, see what you got. man, first and foremost, I'd like to interrupt. <laughs> um, I think that wow, what a question! This one got me like I'm gonna drink some of this water and stall a little bit. <laughs> we got time, man. <laughs> No, um, I think that I get what you're saying with it being a brand. And I think about the whole situation with, you know, when Peter and I threw some Peter and someone else were, like, were going around healing people. And some guy said, I want to buy your healing powers, mm-hmm. you know, because he wanted, he saw a brand. Right. You know? So everything is a brand. Clearly, he saw right. something that he wanted to buy. He right. wanted to consume. Right. So as a consumer. Um, but this, he can't consume Christ. Christ consumes you, right? Mm, so excellent. with that being said, I think the more that Christ consumes who you are, it will permeate. And when it permeates in your life and for people to see it, if they see it as a brand or not, like the more I feel like the more that you are an example in that setting, mm-hmm. it's it, it will the the world won't know what to do with you. Like Paul himself. When he became a Christian, like he held to a Jewish brand, a Pharisaical brand for a very long time. And he was high in that. But when he became a Christian and he held tight to Christ and the, the Jews didn't don't know what to do with him and with that in that setting. So I think that those type of people make big waves in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul was an influencer. He was popular. Right. So, whether negative he, or positive, negative or positive, yeah, Kanye just, West is popular, negative or positive, yeah, L- exactly, literally. Exactly. So, with that being yeah. said, those are the type of people you know who 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 make waves, depending on what type of wave they make. Right. So, with that being said, if it's in in adoration to who God is and what Christ is to you, then let it be and praise God for that, because those type of radicals, either left or right, are always remembered. Right. I think Kanye West even said that in the song. He said, um. He said, uh, what's it called? I think after the Taylor, uh, Taylor, what's the bar? He said it before he was a Christian too. He's like, yo, he's like, um, whenever you say Ye's name, at least you're going to feel a way about it. Mm. So it, with that being said, like he did his job in that setting. Like right. he, he provides that tone. Right. So if it's a tone that makes you think of who God is, regardless of if you believe in him or not, you know that man has been converted and you don't know what to do with him, then that testimony is being made. Praise God. Amen. I'll give you an applause for that. Wow. I'll give you an applause for that. I'd like to that. do. Give me another one. Woo! Give me another one. Woo! 
Ooh, I'm about to speak in tongues. I'm joking. <laughs> my brother, I really appreciate you coming on here, my Ghanaian brother. Yes, yes. I, you know why I did. Yes, why I midasi, did. Midasi. You know, and I'm, I'm proud of you for what you're doing. And I commend you for, you know, for the, the path you're going to. And you seem Thank like, you, man. you know, you love the Lord and you want to continue doing that. All the best. This was fun, man. This is anytime. Fun. I like this, yo. Anytime, man. I'd love to uh, do this again with you, man. Appreciate you have to bring it. some jollof next time on it, too. Listen, tell the Nigerians that, who makes the best the jollof. The Ghanaians do. If you have okay. Nigerian listeners, okay. stop listening. Yeah. This <laughs> is where you end, okay? This is where you end. All right, Terrence. It's been great.